this is Jane Reed from True Crime Nightmare and this is episode 24. This is the fairly well-known case that happened in New Zealand in 1954. This case involved two schoolgirls who had become best friends and they both murdered the mother of one of the girls. This case I think is very interesting and the fact that it happened many years ago just adds to the interest in my opinion. The murder took place in New Zealand and the victim was the mother of one of the actual murderers. This case was actually made into a film in the late 1990s and it starred Kate Winslet and it was directed by Peter Jackson. The name of the film is Heavenly Creatures. The crime actually took place in Christchurch in New Zealand. Christchurch is the largest city in the South Island of New Zealand. It is the second most populated city in New Zealand after Auckland. The murder took place on the 22nd of June of 1954. The victim was a lady called Honora Reaper. She was also known as Honora Parker at times. And in fact, it would come to light that Honora's legal name was in fact Parker. She was murdered by her teenage daughter, Pauline, who was also referred to as Reaper or sometimes Parker. I will use Parker as both Honora's name and also Pauline's name just to try and keep things a little bit easier to follow. Pauline Parker had an accomplice, her best friend Juliet Holm. Pauline was 16 years old at the time of the murder and Juliet was 15 years old. Pauline Parker was born on the 26th of May of 1938. She was born in Christchurch, New Zealand. She came from a working class family background. Pauline had an older sister who was called Wendy. Although the family were not considered to be very religious, they did actually attend a local Methodist church and would often go on church outings and organise trips as well as some holidays with them. Pauline attended the Christchurch Girls High School before locating later to a place called the Cranmer Centre to finish her education off. Juliet Holm was originally from the UK but moved to New Zealand with her parents. The family had arrived in New Zealand in 1948 when Juliet Holm was only 10 years old. Henry Holm, Juliet's father, was a physicist and had also become the rector of the University of Canterbury in Christchurch, New Zealand. The girls met each other at the the girls' school that they both attended at the time. Both Pauline and Juliet were both considered at that time to be quite sickly children. Pauline was said to suffer from a condition that affected her bones and this condition can apparently leave sufferers in severe pain and a lot of discomfort at times. Juliet was said to have suffered from tuberculosis which mainly affects the sufferer's lungs. Some discomfort is often experienced with this condition as well. The two young schoolgirls seem to find comfort in each other's company. It has been said that Pauline Parker and Juliet Holm grew very close to each other and that they would often use secret codes and other forms of secrecy to communicate with each other. They seemed to almost live in a fantasy world that excluded everyone else. Reports over the years have often stated that the girls had become 
nearly obsessed with each other. Pauline Parker's parents, in particular, became very concerned about the closeness between the two friends. Apparently, Juliet Holmes' parents had also grown concerned about the girls' friendship, but both families allowed the girls to continue seeing each other as much as they wanted to. During their relationship, Pauline and Juliet even tried to invent their own religion. It was said that this was done to try and make up their own rules in regards to morality. Maybe they just felt that there were too many rules and high expectations placed on people back in the 1950s. Who knows, really? Anyway, they rejected Christianity and would instead worship their own spirits and would reference the concept of a so-called fourth world, which was thought to be basically their own version of heaven. During school summer holidays, Pauline Parker would often be invited to stay over at the Holmes's house with her best friend Juliet. This arrangement suited both girls because... They could spend a lot of their time together and they would have some company during the school holidays. In all likelihood, apart from a few initial reservations, it also probably suited both sets of parents. However, in 1954, Juliet's parents separated and Pauline was not able to stay at the home of her best friends during the school holidays as she had previously done. It later transpired that Juliet's father had run into some unknown issues at work and due to this he had had to resign his position at the university. Added to all of this, it was also it also came to light that Juliet's mother had been having an affair with another man. This was quite serious back in the 1950s, especially to people who had quite a high standing in society which they had. Because of all of these problems, the Holmes decided that they were going to have to move back to the UK. Juliet, however, was instead going to be sent to stay with some relatives in South Africa. This had largely been decided because it was felt that a warmer climate would help with her illness. Needless to say, neither Juliet nor Pauline wanted to be kept apart from each other. They were both teenagers by now and had been best friends for many many years the girls began thinking of ways to be able to still be together they wanted Pauline to move to South Africa as well but they knew that her parents in particular her mother would not allow it to happen the whole idea of Pauline going to South Africa fell apart before it even got going really Juliet was still scheduled to leave New Zealand to move to South Africa. The girls decided that they would need another plan in order that they could still stay together. They desperately needed to resolve the matter and quickly before it was too late to do anything about it. Pauline Park and Juliet Holm hatched a plan. That plan was to remove the obstacle, the obstacle in their minds anyway. That was the only thing that stood in their way. They decided that they would have to murder Pauline's mother, Honora. They seemed to consider her to be a problem that they needed to deal with. It later came out that their long-term plan was to go to South Africa and then sometime later they would head to either Hollywood or New York City. Both girls seemed to think that they would somehow be able to fund their new lifestyles by working on writing a book they obviously thought that they had ideas or experiences that people wanted to find out more about and 
and that they would be able to make some money from. Their plan to carry out the murder of Honora Parker came to fruition on the afternoon of the 22nd of June 1954. The schoolgirls set out for lunch with Pauline's mother. They visited a local cafe and once they had all finished they headed to the local nearby park for a walk. The park that they went to was called Victoria Park and it was located in Christchurch. Once they had all entered the park, the girls did not waste much time before they put their vicious plan into action. Both girls attacked Mrs Parker, hitting her and one of them used a brick that had been put into a stocking, which was then used as a weapon. Mrs Parker was bludgeoned to death by both girls. Once they were sure that the victim was in fact dead, they both quickly left the scene together. They were both covered in blood. They headed back to the cafe that they had only a short time ago had lunch at to ask for help. The owners of the cafe, Kenneth and Angus Ritchie, saw them both and noticed that they were both covered in blood. Pauline and Juliet told the Ritchies that Tenora had fallen over and that she had hit her head. This was a time long before mobile phones and even normal landline phones were not always available to people, so trying to get assistance took a little bit longer. That is why someone would have to go and try to find help. Although you would expect if there are two people, one would stay with the person who was injured and try and help them. But the girls knew that there was not anything that could be done to save Honora at this stage, so they were now just trying to cover their tracks by saying that she had fallen over. Mr Ritchie rushed over to where the victim was and indeed found the woman severely injured or dead. She had many lacerations on her body and her head and once the police arrived they could tell that Honora Parker had been murdered. They knew that her injuries were not due to having just fallen over but that someone had in fact murdered her. They found the murder weapon, the brick, still in the stocking very quickly. The murder weapon was discovered nearby in the wooded area of the park. The police soon realised that the two girls had murdered Honora and that they needed to be cautioned and taken along to the police station. As you can imagine, the news of not only the viciousness of the murder, but that two teenage girls had been arrested and very quickly charged with the crime, it caused a huge media sensation. Added to the fact that one of the girls arrested was the daughter of the murder victim, you can only imagine the outcry. It has been speculated over the years that have followed that Pauline Parker and Juliet Holm had in fact been in a sexual relationship at the time. Who knows if they were or not, but that would have certainly added to the sensation in the media at the time. The trial took place in August of 1954, only two months after the murder had taken place. Pauline Parker and Juliet Holm were found guilty. New Zealand at that time still had the death penalty in place, but both girls were found to be too young to be considered for it. Instead, they were sent to prison. The death penalty in New Zealand was abolished for good in 1961. It had last been used prior to that in 1957. After serving very short prison sentences, probably due to their ages when they had committed the murder, 
they were released. It had been stated at the time that one of the conditions of their release was that they would not have any contact with each other at all. After five years in prison, both Pauline and Juliet were released. They had served their short sentences in different prisons. Both of them were given new identities so that they could try and start over again. Pauline Parker's new name was Hilary Nathan. I'm not really sure why people are given new identities if it then becomes common knowledge. She stayed in New Zealand for the next few months and she was subjected to a supervision or surveillance order. She did, however, get permission to move to England. She was not from England originally, but maybe she thought that she would have a better chance of putting the past behind her if she left New Zealand. She moved to a place called Strood, which is in Kent. She got a job at a local horse riding school. Pauline Barker has never directly spoken out about the murder or, or has ever given an interview of any kind to the media over the many years that have passed. A statement was, however, released on her behalf by her sister. In the statement, it said that Pauline expressed remorse for having killed her mother. This statement was released in 1996. When Juliet Holm was released from prison after serving five years, she went back to her home country of England for a while before moving to the United States. She was also given a new identity. Her name was going to be Anne Perry. She is now known by that name. She became a successful writer. She wrote many books on historical detective fiction. She is best known for her Thomas Pitt and William Monk series of books. It was not well known at the time that she had previously been known as Juliet Holm and had been convicted of murder. It is hard to keep up with anyone in this case due to all of the name changes. There is no doubt, in my opinion anyway, that both girls were disturbed individuals and that their relationship just made matters worse. Although it is common for very close friends, especially when they are teenagers, to want to spend a lot of time together, it is not always particularly healthy to exclude other people. It is also not unusual to come up with silly plans, but thankfully most people know that it is very wrong to hurt or kill someone. They were well into their teenage years at 16 and 15. They would have known that what they were planning to do was illegal and immoral. You can be almost obsessed with someone else, but that does not mean that you will go and commit injury or death on the perceived obstacle in your way. The whole murder was set up by both girls and, and it was carried out. The plan to go for a walk with their intended victim and to make sure that they were in a wooded area of the park was all premeditated. It was not made clear if they had taken the murder weapon with them or if they had left it close by to collect on the way. The victim had major lacerations to her head, neck as well as to her face and she also had injuries to her fingers but... These had only been minor compared to all of the other injuries. There have been a lot of speculation, I've said, as I've said before, about the true nature of the girls' relationship. And back in the 1950s, it would have not been understood at all if, in fact, the girls were involved sexually with each other. Juliet Holm has since denied that the relationship had been sexual in nature. Despite the media saying that they had both been released on the condition that they did not contact each other, 
Others have strongly denied that. The Secretary of Justice at the time in New Zealand denied that it had been a condition for the girls to be released and to not have any contact with each other. Juliet had lived with her father for a short time. Her parents had divorced by this stage and then she went off on her own. There was a documentary on Anne Perry that was released in 2009. It was called Anne Perry Interiors. It looked at her life, including her murder conviction. It also shows you her life now. She moved to a rural area in Scotland. She does have a few people close to her and they know about what had happened to her when she was a teenager. She did make a success of her life, but she did come across as quite a sad person, I felt. She has published many books and has been successful and she does have a very comfortable life in a lovely home out in the countryside in Scotland. It is not thought that Pauline or Juliet did ever contact each other once they were convicted of the murder of Honora Parker. It does seem that, as is quite often the case, the the victims are quite often forgotten I'm sure that her family, however, have not forgotten her, but the murderers are remembered more than than she is. It was a sensational case and the killers were both young girls, but I believe that Honora Parker should also be remembered. She did not do anything wrong, certainly nothing that would or should end up with her being murdered. This is a very strange case and a very unusual case. They were caught almost as soon as the police arrived at the scene. They did not seem to make any real attempt to cover up their tracks. At least they were found guilty, but five years does not seem to be long enough when um, a murder has been committed, however young the person was or the people were that committed the crime. If you are interested in finding out more, maybe watch the film Heavenly Creatures. Also, you could watch the documentary Anne Perry Interiors. Credits for this episode go to wikipedia, nzhistory.gov.nz, thespinoff.co.nz. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you.